Hello, I'm Bob. This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Manse Studio in Church Street, Ported Down. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 24th of October. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Ported Down Times Gangs of Teens Cause Mayhem and Worry and from the Lurgan Mail Lurgan Firm in Line for 1.7 billion buyover foresees no change. And now it's over to Sally who brings you our first story. Hello, it's Sally here and now for the some headlines. Gangs of Teens Cause Mayhem and Worry as a large gangs of young people roam parts of Porter Down causing mayhem, a local councillor and youth worker has warned that the lack of youth provision will have serious consequences. The warning follows pleas from the PSNI for parents to know where their children are after a weekend of torture for residents in some housing estates. Fireworks were thrown and youths were set and fired in various parts of the town throughout Saturday evening into Sunday morning. There were multiple reports of antisocial behaviour involving large gatherings of youths in various areas, including Eden Villa Park, Shillington's, The Ban, Hoy's, Med Hoy's Meadow and The Ball Ring. It comes after... It comes a week after the PSNI revealed they were dealing with passed-out children in the town... A PSNI spokesperson said we had multi -report, multiple reports of antisocial behaviour involving large gatherings of youths and large groups of young people gathering in various locations. Reports that alcohol was involved and reports of fireworks and other things being thrown. Reports of groups in building sites. On top of that, there were recent COVID restrictions which came into force on Friday. And parents, please note, please know where your children are. Please educate them about their behaviour and their future. Um, DUP councillor Darren Corsby said, some of the behaviour of the young people is appalling, but was concerned that many have nowhere to go as most of the youth provisions have been closed due to COVID-19 restrictions. Lurgan firm in line for 1.7 billion by over for seasonal changes. Lurgan based agro merchants is being bought over in a 1.7 billion deal. Formerly known as Sawyers, it is being bought by Americold, the world's largest real estate investment trust focused on temperature controlled warehousing. The company employs 495 people in its Lurgan base. It said it did not foresee any changes in UK and Ireland. Americold said it has entered into a definitive agreement 
to acquire a privately held agro-merchants group from an investor group led by funds managed by Oak Tree Capital Management for a total of $1.740 billion. The acquisition is subject to customary and regulatory closing conditions and closing is expected to occur late in the fourth quarter of 2020 or early in 2021. Agro is the fourth largest temperature-controlled warehouse company globally, the third largest in Europe and the fourth largest in the United States. We are very excited to welcome the Agro team to the Americold family as we expand the scale and enhance the geographic reach of the Americold network, said Fred Berler, President and Chief Executive Officer of Americold Realty Trust. Carlos Rodriguez, Chief Executive Officer of Agro Merchants Group, said, We are confident that by joining Americold, we will accelerate our growth, and by combining our complementary networks, we will be able to provide a more comprehensive range of solutions to customers around the world. Rotochemist during the week ahead, all urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Porter Down on Sunday, the 25th of October, the chemist is Boots of 3 to 7 West Street, Porter Down, and it's open from 11am to 12 noon. And next week from Monday, the 26th of October, the chemist is Hamill Pharmacy of 19 Thomas Street and it's open to 7pm. There is no rotor chemist in Porterdown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 25th of October and the chemist is... S.J. McCagney of uh, 10 Edwards Street and it's open from 11 to 12 noon. Next week from Monday, the 26th of October, the chemist is Boots of 44 to 46 Market Street and it's open to 7pm. There is no rotor chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. And now, crime. Father of Kearns brothers killed by loyalists criticises PSNI probe. The father of two young men from County Armagh who were murdered by loyalist terrorists has sharply criticised the police investigation into their killings. Eamon Kearns's sons, Gerard and Rory, were shot dead in the living room of their home near Blairy in October 1993. Mr. Kearns says his family has been failed by three investigations involving the RUC, the Historical Inquiries Team, and the Police Ombudsman. In a statement released through campaigning group Relatives for Justice, Mr. Kearns said that despite a treasure trove of, forensic, of forensics, no one has ever been brought to justice for the double murder. BBC Spotlight broadcast a programme claiming to have uncovered new evidence related to the double murders. During the programme, former police ombudsman Nula O'Lone, who did not find security force collusion during her investigations, said that if she was still the ombudsman, she would reopen the case. 
Family lawyers Madden and Finucane said, it is difficult to consider that such an extensive and significant catalogue of errors was the result of mere negligence. Mr. Kearns said, in light of all the evidence in the face of deliberately flawed investigations and inaction by the PSNI, it is clear to me that the only way forward is to have a public inquiry. Mark Thompson of Relatives for Justice said, the PSNI agenda is also the British security agenda of concealment regarding state wrongdoing, hence their inaction. It is all about protecting former handlers within the RUC's special branch and those they colluded with in scores of murders rather than investigating such atrocities. This would be shocking if it were an isolated incident. Sadly, it is so blatantly systemic. The policy practice of collusion demands public scrutiny and independent investigation. The family solicitor claimed that a year after the Spotlight program, the PSNI had not contacted the family or made any arrests. The Kearns family have no confidence in the PSNI and have now lodged judicial review proceedings in the High Court challenging the refusal of the Secretary of State to establish a public inquiry. The family of Gerard and Rory Kearns and the wider public deserve the whole truth. A PSNI spokesperson said, PSNI Legacy Investigation Branch has been making inquiries with BBC since earlier this year to obtain the unedited footage to establish the context of the broadcast material and whether there is any other evidence which would enable police to progress investigations. This pr process is ongoing and as such it would not be appropriate to comment further. A spokesperson for BBC NI said it would not be commenting. The police ombudsman's office was also approached for comment, but at the time of going to press, no statement had been received. Police tackling breaches of COVID rules. Police in Armagh, Banbridge and Craigavon have now issued 93 community resolution notices in the district between March and Monday, the October the 19th, for breaches of COVID-19 rules. An update from the PSNI show 88 COVID fines were issued to people over the age of 18 in the district since the restrictions came into force. A total of 29 commercial and private prohibition notices were issued to licensed premises or for restrictions of gatherings in a private dwelling. Police also issued four failure to isolate notices of £1,000 each. And across Northern Ireland, the police have handed out 1,474 penalty notice, notices in respect of COVID rule breaches. And uh, now our elected representatives. Um, pausing driving tests should be urgently reviewed, says MP. The postponement of driving tests for four weeks due to the COVID-19 crisis should be urgently reviewed, says the DUP. MP Carla Lockhart described the driving test situation as a shambles. Meanwhile, local driving instructor Anthony Hendron voiced disappointment 
after all the work in reopening the test centre at Craigavon. Driving instructors have been let down for the second time by the Department of Infrastructure and the DVA. For some reason, driving instructors have been forgotten in all this shambles. My pupils are totally devastated. Some had their tests cancelled in March, and they have been cancelled again. It is unacceptable. I personally would like to see the evidence that would suggest driving schools contribute to the rise in COVID cases. Mrs Lockhart called on Infrastructure Minister Nicola Mallon to urgently review the decision to postpone driving tests and called on the Minister to provide evidence that driving lessons and tests had contributed the increase in cases and also to outline how the backlog of tests would be addressed. We now have a situation that the backlog facing learner drivers is even longer than it was only a matter of weeks ago, said the MP, who called for an action plan to ease the backlog. The freedom that so many people crave or that many need for work or caring duties is being put on hold. I have had various examples brought to my attention where this decision is really impacting on people's lives. A spokesperson for the Department for Infrastructure said, Driving lessons will not be possible for the next four weeks after the executive took the decision to include driving instructors in the regulations on businesses to close to help stop the spread of COVID-19. Driving tests will also not take place over this period of increased restrictions. This decision reflects public health and scientific evidence because driving instructors and examiners are in close contact for significant periods of time. Motorcycle lessons and tests are not affected by these new restrictions. The DVA met with the Northern Ireland Approved Instructors Council on Friday 16 October to confirm that driving instruction was to be included in the public health regulations and driving tests would also cease for the same period. The DVA has kept in regular contact with NIAC and approved instructors throughout the COVID pandemic, providing regular updates about driver testing services. Driving tests are fully booked between now and January, and therefore those customers with tests booked within the next four weeks will now have their appointments cancelled, refunded, and they will need to be rescheduled. The booking service is now closed and the DVA will contact those who had their driving tests cancelled to advise them how they can reschedule their appointments. To create additional capacity, the DVA is planning to open up the booking system for February for these impacted customers only. Further appointments will be made available in November, December and January as DVA works to increase capacity by recruiting additional examiners. These slots, when they are released, will also only be available to these impacted customers. Football club spectator stands planned. An application to build two spectator stands at the home of the Portadown Football Club has been approved at a meeting of the Armar City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council's Planning Committee. The plan was described as an asset to the community. The application lodged by agent the Design Works Studio on behalf of the applicant Hanover FC 
will see the installation of two fabricated spectator stands in the Brownstown Park Sports Ground. The application has also gained approval for the replacement of existing 1.5 metres high perimeter security fence and gates with a 2 metre high fence and further gates. During the discussion on the proposal, Councillor Sam Nicholson asked for details on the fencing and the stands. He was advised that the new fence will be a black paladine fence with, and the spectator stands will be made from galvanised sheet metal and finished with a black powder coating. DUP Alderman Cindy, Sydney Anderson said the proposal would be a great asset to the local community and I would welcome the proposal coming from Hanover FC, said Alderman Anderson. Hanover FC is a progressive and successful club and it's good to see an enhanced fencing and the provision of spectator stands in this proposal. The application, if approved, will be a great asset to the local community. VAT rebate decision is welcomed. Alma City and Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council has welcomed a legal victory that could see it pocket a substantial VAT rebate. The decision by the first tier tribunal to agree with Mid-Ulster District Council that VAT should not be applied to charges members of the public pay for access to council sport and leisure facilities and that could see the councils here receive a share of rebates totalling 50 million. A tribunal determined that VAT paid on these charges since 2006 was outside of the VAT regime and that the VAT should be repaid. Speaking about the decision, a spokesperson for Armagh City, Banbridge and Craig Borough Council welcomed the decision. The council welcomes the decision by the first tier tribunal in respect of a long-standing VAT claim and notes that the tribunal's decision is still being considered by HMRC. The council is not in any position to make any further comment at this point and the decision comes in an, an interesting time for councils across Northern Ireland. Council finances have been hit by a COVID-19 pandemic and with this rate setting process due to begin shortly, a substantial financial boost could prove timely. Concern over surface at Mooga. A Portadown councillor has called on Armagh City, Bamridge and Craig Avonborough Council to find a solution to the problem with the multi-use games area, Mooga, in Scott Street. Speaking at a meeting of Council's Leisure and Community Services Committee, DUP Councillor Lavelle McElrath told members something would need to be done about the pitch in the small village between Portadown and Moy. The councillor explained that such was the condition of the pitch, users are injuring themselves and looking to play elsewhere. There were issues with the pitch around December and January, and Council was able to do something about the issue then, said Councillor McElrath. I was contacted again recently by a constituent who uses the pitch, telling me that the group have had two injuries on the pitch recently 
and are at the point where they will not be going back to the pitch. I know we have done some work to it before, but it is clearly an issue. I am not sure of the shelf light of the pitch. It is a very welcome facility in the village, and we certainly don't want to get to the point where groups won't use it because they feel it is unsafe. Councillor McElrath confirmed he would be on site the morning after the meeting, and Council's Head of Estates and Asset Management, Jonathan Hayes, said he would be available to discuss the issue in more detail then. Speaking to the local democracy reporting service, Councillor McElrath explained that it is not a case of contact sport on the pitch, as those who are losing their hair, their footing, have no one around them when they are doing so. I would describe it as playing football on a billiard table that is wet, said Councillor McElrath. I'm not sure at this stage what council can do to help, but it is clear something will need to be done to the surface in the near future. <coughs> Call for key workers scheme to allow care home visits. DUP MP Carla Lockhart has written to the Health Minister, Robin Swan, MLA, asking him to follow the lead of England by commissioning a pilot scheme allowing one family member to be designated as a key worker to allow regular testing and visits to relatives needed personal contact in care. A pilot project was announced on Tuesday in England by the Care Minister Hel Helen Watley MP and the Upper Band representative has encouraged a similar pilot to be adopted in Northern Ireland. Mrs Lockhart said, throughout the course of the pandemic, it is heartbreaking that the residents of our care homes have been deprived of regular visits by relatives and loved ones. Dog attacks on the rise in council area figures show. The number of dog attacks happening within the Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council are appearing to be on the rise, councillors have been told. Speaking at a meeting of Council's Environmental Services Committee, Council's Head of Environmental Health, Gillian Topping, provided members with a dog control update. While there was some good news from the report, the borough's dog licence register has the greatest number of dog licences each year since 2017 and also generates the most income. The number of dogs in the borough can also lead to some unfortunate incidents. Answering a query from Alliance Party Group Leader, Councillor Owen Tennyson, Ms Topping said there was a very high number of dog attacks in the first quarter of this year. Dog attacks are up by 30%, said Ms Topping. From April 2019 to March 2020, there were a total of 165 dog attacks in the borough. From April 2020 to June 2020, there were 56 dog attacks recorded across the borough. Dog attacks are very regrettable and it is very difficult to rehabilitate and find new homes for dogs that have attacked and you can understand why they are surrendered, said Ms Topping. The statistics also show that from April 2019 to March 2020, Council humanely destroyed 16 dogs classified as unclaimed strays and a further 12 dogs at owner's request. A welcome for 120,000 in street lighting. 
£120,000 boost to street lighting in Portadowns Northway has been welcomed by Upper Ban MLA Jonathan Buckley. The street lighting upgrade is due to start on Sunday the 25th of October. The Upper Ban MLA said, I am very pleased with the recent announcement from the Department for Infrastructure to begin work on the 120,000 street upgrade. The improvement work will extend from Porter Down train station up to and including the Shillington Bridge, said the MLA. He added, it will involve a new LED lighting system and a full replacement of all underground cables. I have lobbied extensively for greater road safety on the Northway and I'm pleased at long last that progress has been made on this front. For Derry Hale. Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council's planning committee has approved a planning application to build 18 homes on the outskirts of Portadown. The application lodged by McCraner and Co. Architects on behalf of applicant Sheriff Homes will see the creation of a residential development consisting of 12 detached dwellings and six semi-detached dwellings at lands adjacent and north of 39 Derry Hale Road, Portadown. DUP Councillor Tim McClelland asked about the volume of traffic on the Derry Hill Road during peak times if this development was to be approved. A representative of DFI Roads informed the committee that due to the size and scale of the development, they would not be concerned and had no plans to make any development to the surrounding infrastructure. Twelve care homes across Northern Ireland are put up for sale by administrator. Administrators have launched a process to sell 42 care homes in Northern Ireland. The Four Seasons Healthcare, one of the largest care home groups in the UK, has been in administration since April. The GMB and the Unison Trade Unions have criticised the timing of the disclosure that the future of the care homes in Northern Ireland are up for sale. Alan Perry, the GMB organiser, said, the announcement is a shock which will impact on hundreds of vulnerable elderly people and their families who are already concerned about their loved ones in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. The decision to sell off these care homes will affect the hard-working staff who have put their lives and health on the line. And Mr Perry also added, at a time when we are all being told to pull together during the most serious pandemic in our lifetime, we didn't expect this bombshell, which comes as we just approach, which looks like a very difficult winter for the NHS. We know there is need for some investment in the company and we have serious worries for staff and residents as it's possible that some homes are at risk of permanent closure. The whole question of care homes being in private hands rather than part of the NHS needs to be looked at. After the stresses of battling coronavirus for the last nine months, staff and residents need reassurance that services and jobs will be maintained. Unison Regional Organiser Marianne Buick added, this news could not come at 
a more difficult time for the residents and their families and the staff, and it's very unsettling for them all. They are all coping with worry and the stress of rising COVID infections in the social care sector. The Minister has now cleared an opportunity to make plans to acquire these homes and provide the care through the HSC. And a spokesman for the company said, our utmost priority remains to ensure the safety and quality of life and continuity of care for all our residents. In addition to the 42 homes in Northern Ireland, the company is also responsible for another 288 residential and nursing care homes elsewhere in the UK. The virus is surging very rapidly, says the Trust. A total of 73 patients at Craigavon Area Hospital have tested positive for COVID-19, as the Southern Trust confirms around 540 staff are now isolating. The Trust confirmed that patients with positive COVID-19 tests are being cared for at several sites, including Lurgan Hospital. Mrs Lockhart said the 73 figure is higher than, than the initial outbreak, which peaked at 63 in Craigavon Hospital with COVID at any, any one time. Therefore, it is important that we continue to help push the infection rate down. A spokesperson for the Southern Health Trust said, at this critical stage of the global pandemic, when COVID-19 is surging very rapidly in our local community, the Trust is managing COVID-19 cases on several sites as a direct consequence of the rise of COVID-19 in the local community. We are experiencing extreme pressures across our hospitals and facilities as we provide care and treatment to COVID-positive patients, clients in wards and facilities across the Trust. Craig Avon Area Hospital Emergency Department has been very busy recently and the public should only attend if they need emergency treatment. They also need to come alone or with one adult if absolutely necessary and they must wear a face covering and wash hands. Meanwhile, a consultant orthopaedic surgeon based in Craigavon Hospital has urged the public to slow down when driving and take care at all times to reduce the risk of in injuries as hospitals are experiencing extreme pressures due to the rapid rise of COVID-19. If people do injure themselves, we may not be able to offer them surgery at the time they need, and um, which unfortunately may lead to long-term health consequences for those individuals. He added, we know that reducing speed by even 10 miles an hour will significantly reduce the risk of road traffic co collision and will reduce the risk of injury in the event of a collision. So by cutting your speed down, you'll be helping yourself and others by taking the pressure off the National Health Service at this time. I have no um, obituaries for you this week. We just got in the ad section. We just have one ad. It's from SD Cares of Portadown, Lurgan and Thambridge. Their autumn sale, 20% off, although it, all menswear, although it does say exclusions apply. 
10% of shoes. And now information and events. Church Mark's anniversary. Thomas Street Methodist Church will celebrate its 160th anniversary in the current building with a service at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, October 25th, when the speaker will be Mrs. Hazel Loney, lay leader of the Methodist Church in Ireland. All are welcome with social distancing in place. Specsavers stores are open for business. Specsavers stores at Rushmere Shopping Centre and in Portadown remain open for all eye care and hearing needs in the wake of new restrictions introduced throughout Northern Ireland since 16 October. Opticians and audiologists are recognised as providing essential health care services, which means Specsavers will continue to keep their doors open to the public and offer a full breadth of services to the local community. These include routine eye and hearing tests, contact lens cons consultations, frame repairs, and the sale of glasses, contact lenses, hearing aids, and other products. Specsavers has also introduced a number of ways to access them without leaving home, including remote care, a free consultation service offering advice and care via video and telephone link. Glasses and contact lenses can also be bought online. To find out more or to request an appointment, visit www.specsavers.co.uk stores stroke portadown or call 02838 350400 or 0283834 5688 And now your sports news read by Brian Morrison and it's great to be back with you and I hope you're all safe and well. Not a lot of sport at present and many sports such as schools, games, rugby matches, hockey matches are not taking place due to the COVID pandemic. Portadown's main sponsor at the football club this year is Manfred, the Cairn Industrial Estate Firm, and they have been supported by Toll's Bookmakers. The ports have made some interesting signings, including several players with English League football experience. They have also signed Kevin Healy on a one-year contract. The 20-year-old played for Dublin side Belvedere before signing for English team West Bromwich Albion, where he has played since 2016. Another Albion player, Ben Price, the, the Portown's goalkeeper, also signed for the Reds. Some other new faces are Scott Pengelly from Fleetwood, Lancashire, Barney McKeown from Newry Town and Aaron Burns from Balamina United. Uh, in the Danska Bank Premiership, the opening match of the delayed season was at Lurgan. Uh, and it was a great game with Portadown winning by four goals to two at Mournview Park. The bright start to the match saw former Glenavon player Stephen Murray scoring the Port's first goal back to the big time after a three-year absence with a great finish 
Ben Gay sent him a super pass for the opener. Near half-time, a great pass from Chris Lavery was picked up by Murray, who made it 2-0. Glenavon started the second half brightly and pulled a goal back when former Portadown youth player Peter Campbell netted. Portadown continued to dominate and Lee Bonus netted to make it 3-1. With five minutes left, Glen Avon pressure saw Sinkleton head home to ensure a thrilling finish. However, the last kick of the game saw Aaron Burns make it 4-2 with a fine pass from Stephen Murray. What a great match and an amazing result as Portadown defeated their Craigavon neighbours with a fine victory which should give them confidence for the season ahead. With only 340 fans allowed in to see the game, it is good that the game has some spectators to give it a better atmosphere. No visitor supporters are allowed in Portadown's home matches and a new ticket allocation system has been drawn up and fans must be paid for their tickets by computer. Meanwhile, over at Dungannon, the Swifts lost 3-0 at Larne in their first league game. During the lockdown since March, only some international matches have been played, all behind closed doors. But the Northern Ireland under-21 teams have played in some European qualifiers. And this has been a great opportunity for two young Portadown players who were selected for the squad. Lee Bonus, who started his football at Seagull United, came on as a substitute against Ukraine to get his first under-21 international cap. Also in the team was Nathan Kerr, who they signed from Glentorn. And he has had four games against Malta, Denmark, Finland and the Ukraine. The young players were delighted to get their under-21 international games and enjoyed the defeat of Glenavon at Mournview Park last Saturday. The season has just started and with the stewards organising the fans and into the two grandstands and observing the safety requirements set out by the Northern Northern Ireland Executive, it will be a strange season. But let's hope the health situation settles down in the near future. Finally, tributes have been paid to former Dungannon Swifts goalkeeper Johnny Curran, who has died aged 33. The Coal Island man took ill on Sunday morning and died later that day. Johnny was a great Gaelic player also and was substitute goalkeeper when Tyrone won the All-Ireland Trophy back in 2008. His last appearance for Dungannon Swifts was in the Irish Cup semi-final in 2012. And that is all your sports news with no other sport taking place, no rugby, no football and no uh, no golf. There only is one other little thing and it's, for, it's bad for the local team, Anna United. They won qualification into the second tier league that Portadown played in last year and they were due to have their new games at the Tundergee Road in Portadown 
but that that league is not accepted as the premier senior league so therefore there'll be no football for Anna United for at least four to six weeks to this pandemic situation clarifies and that's all your sports news and now for general news betty's work ethic earns her a bem honor a market hill woman betty stewart was gobsmacked when she learned she was to receive the British Empire Medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours. Betty has been a stalwart within the Market Hill Mount Norris community for a lifetime, working tirelessly across a number of fronts while facing up to family tragedies. The mother of seven and her husband, Jim, said she has always had the support and inspiration of her husband and their children, especially after the loss of their two sons. It, it's a work ethic the children have obviously inherited from their parents. For Betty, that work ethic was instilled at an early age growing up on the family farm. Betty said, I was reared on a farm and if my par parents saw you sitting down doing nothing, you would be handed a brush and told to sweep up the yard. There was no such thing as sitting about doing nothing. In her working life, Betty served as a secretary to the first principal of Market Hill High School before moving into another office work and then she and her husband, Jim, bought the filling station in Market Hill, which they ran with the help of their daughter and the rest of their children when they came in from school for 25 years before retiring. And Betty's final words were a tribute to her family, and she said all of them gave Jim and I their full support at all times. During this UK Coffee Week... Drink it, cook with it, and above all, enjoy it. This is UK Coffee Week, a time when this ancient hot beverage is celebrated and vital funds are raised for the charity Water Aid. This is from Paula McIntyre. Nowadays, coffee couldn't be more trendy, and every other shop in towns across the province seems to be a cafe. Baristas save over gleaming machines to make frothy drinks with fancy designs on top. I'm a die-hard caffeine consumer. Every day starts with a double espresso or two, so all the faffing around leaves me cold. I would much prefer if the emphasis was on buying good quality beans, which have then been transformed into a drink produced by a well-maintained machine. Graham Watts started the Causeway Coffee Company on the North Coast a couple of years ago. He had been working in IT in London for 25 years, and came home to care for his mother. It took him some time to carefully source the beans, and he is passionate about how it's roasted and brewed. According to Graham, you don't need a fancy coffee machine to make great coffee. A cafe chair is perfect. And build me up, Buttercup, the county down couple who struck gold. It is well after 5.30pm when Alison Abernethy answers the phone for the Banbridge lady and co-founder of Abernethy Butter, which was set up with her husband William 10 years ago, is well used to long evenings poring over books and accounts. This is paperwork time, she laughs, adding, adding 
that like every other artisan business, once the doors have been closed for the day and production has ceased, owners like herself must turn to other aspects of their livelihoods. Alison explains that they decided to take the plunge after an encounter with a stranger when they were all showcasing Alison's father's butter at Glenarm Castle one day. My father, Norman Kerr, is a farmer based just outside of Banbridge, she says, and she starts to recount all of her memories of what her idyllic rural childhood was like and spending summers in the fresh air and weekends. But like lots of farmers, we make our own bread and we make our own butter. And comparing the whole experience to a TV programme at our Yorkshire farm. And then one day he was to go and do an event up in the Glenarm Castle, but he wasn't well, so he asked me to step in and rather than let the people down, myself and Will went there just for the crack and we were just working away and churning when this fella who had been watching us came over and asked us what we were doing for a living. We are now in a position where we employ three people and have sent our butter to the likes of Heston Blumenthal for his restaurant, Michael Ware in Fortnum and Mason and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Indeed, the Abernethys have met royalty a few times, including the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Gloucester. But it's most certainly not a dream. In fact, Alison reveals that there is a Michelin-star restaurant in London that, upon a tasting Abernethy butter, declared that they would never use French butter again. Abernethy butter has won a stack of great taste awards, as well as being named 50 Food Stars winner. Lancet calls for action on poor treatment of paediatric pain. The recent launch of the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Commission, the first ever to address paediatric pain, aims to raise the profile of children's pain from early years to early manhood, sorry, early adulthood. When 12-year-old Katrina Roberts went to her doctor because she was experiencing pain and swelling in her ankle and joints, no one knew quite what was up. Initially written off as just a sprain, which would go away, she would spend the next six months living in almost constant pain until interventions from a diligent doctor referred her to a specialist who diagnosed juvenile idiopathic arthritis, an autoimmune condition the now 28-year-old has lived with and managed ever since. Following her diagnosis at 12 years old, Katrina had to find ways of managing her pain as effective medication was not offered to her until she reached 16. The pain was constant and would go from moderate to severe as in excruciating. It affected my school life, she said, my social life, everything. I was constantly fatigued or moody and had to cancel plans. Sometimes I would just stop myself from doing an activity altogether because it would lead to do so much pain afterwards. Physically and mentally, it was incredibly draining. I was given ibuprofen at one stage to help with the inflammation, but it made no impact on the pain I was experiencing. 
Paracetamol and low doses of, of cocodamol also did very little and barely took the edge off the discomfort I was feeling. So my doctor put his hands up and said we would have to try things like heat packs, hot water bottles. I was expected to find ways to live with the pain and there was never any discussion of me receiving stronger opiate-based pain relief like tramadol, which I now take, until I was about 16 or 17. Even now, it does not fully target the pain, and I have to find other ways of coping. But the issue is that when I was younger, I was not offered proper pain medication until I had spent years living with pain daily. And called for a commemorative space to remember babies. Portadown Council has called for a special commemorative space for those who have lost a baby to be created within the borough. Speaking at a meeting of the Armagh City and Brambridge and Craig Avonborough Council's Leisure and Community Services Committee, Councillor Julie Flackerty brought the proposal to the members' attention, thanking council officials for lighting council's civic buildings pink and blue for baby loss awareness week. The Ulster Unionist representative reminded the chamber that the death of a baby is not a rare event and it can happen to anyone. One in four, you just never think it will happen to you, said Councillor Flackerty, who lost a two-year-old son, Jake, in 2013. The silence and stigma that prevails around the subject of baby loss has been exacerbated by the pandemic. Those of us who have been through this think of all our babies every day, and I would wish to bring members' attention to this little project that some parents have raised with me. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Sally and myself, our technician was Andrew, and reading with me was Sally. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Bob signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sunday News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production.